you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. So I wonder if you ever... You ever waited for a call like Rose? And this call, it was the kind of call that could change, it had the potential to change everything. Everything you knew for opportunity was coming with that call. Freedom was to be found with that call. Power was coming. Joy was coming, so how we waited and held our breath for that phone to ring. You know, calls like that are very few and far between in this life. They're few and far between, and that is why, with tremendous humility and awe, I get to announce to you today that Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you, the one who knew no sin, Jesus is calling. The one who defined selfless love, Jesus is calling. Understand that he laid himself out for you. He was butchered and he was stretched and he was hung for you. He was wrapped up and he was buried. Three days he was unwrapped and unburied. The risen Christ was unveiled. The risen Christ was lifted up. Guys, he was lifted up <laughs> like into the clouds. Okay, like where death will not touch him where evil will not win. Jesus Christ, he was lifted up. And I'll see his face. I will see him. And I want you to see him too. So recognize today that Jesus Christ is calling you. He's calling you. So what does that mean? That Jesus is calling me. What does that look like? Well, we find a historical example of a call in 1 Kings chapter 19. You can turn there uh, in your Bibles if you'd like. And 1 Kings 19, I'm just going to read verses 19 through 21 of that chapter. And in this passage, uh, we have two men. Basically, one is a prophet of God, and he's looking for another prophet of God. Okay, so we got a prophet looking for another prophet. So that's what's, uh, that's what's happening here. So this is 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning with verse 19. It says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? 
So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. And the first thing that I want us to notice from this passage, just go back there uh, to verse 19 where it says that Elijah went from there and he found Elisha. Elijah went from there and he found Elisha. And for me, that's an incredibly striking way to begin when we're talking about Jesus calling. Because we can understand that when Jesus calls me, understand Jesus finds me. Okay, when Jesus calls me, Jesus finds me. Now, why is that important that Christ will find me? Well, because I'm prone to wander, right? Because I'm prone to wander, because I have shown myself over and over again that it is easier for me to get lost than it is for me to get home. I'm prone to wander. So I praise him today with my mouth, I praise him with my heart today that Jesus finds And we can praise him today for that because he finds us. See how Elijah, he found Elisha plowing in a field. And that's what God does. God finds you where you are. God finds you where you are. God found a man and a woman who were hidden in the garden. They were trembling in their shame. But Jesus finds The prophet Samuel, he found a little boy whom no one knew. A little boy whom no one had ever heard of. He had to ask, is there anyone else? Jesus finds. Jesus came to the weeping woman. And she said, my brother has died. No, he said, he hasn't. Your brother is not dead. You see, Jesus finds. Jesus Christ found them, and I want you to know today that Jesus Christ has found you. Jesus Christ has found you, and he knows how many heads there, how many heads? He knows how many hairs there are or are not on your head. (laughs) Jesus knows. He knows all of your failures. He knows all of your weaknesses. He knows all of your inadequacies. He knows all of your fears. Jesus knows every way in which you fall short. He knows every way in which you sin, every way in which you malign the name of God. You wreck havoc. I mean, think about it. Our lives, they wreck havoc. (laughs) Jesus knows. But Jesus is calling You today, that's what he does. Jesus calls me and Jesus finds me. I think about Luke chapter 15 and Jesus told a story in that chapter. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders 
Jesus wants you home today. Jesus is calling your name. He wants to carry you. I wonder today, do you feel like the man who was hidden in shame? I wonder today, do you feel like the woman who cowered in disgrace? Maybe you feel like the young boy who was considered to be the least. Didn't recognize his worth. Dismissed his potential. Maybe you feel like that little boy today. Well, I want you to know that Jesus finds. If you're like the one who lay dead in the tomb. Who decayed in the dark. Know today that no matter where you hide, no matter where you've been, been, no matter how you've been labeled, no matter how deep you are buried today, that Jesus can find you. For when Jesus calls me, he finds me. And I want you to know as well, uh, not only does he find me, but he also equips me. Uh, look there at the second part, of verse 19. You see that Elisha, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. That's strange. And why would you do that? Why would you throw your cloak on someone? Well, when we see the throwing of the cloak, the throwing of the cloak was a symbolic transferring of prophetic power. Remember I said we had one prophet of God who's looking for a new prophet of God, another prophet of God, the next prophet of God. And so the throwing of the cloak here, it's a symbolic way of transferring prophetic power. And I think that you and I can understand from that that when Christ calls me, not only does he find me, but he equips me for the work to which I am being called when christ calls me he equips me he provides what is needed for me along the way he enables me he anoints me he fills me up with his power i think about second peter 1 3 what's that say it says by his divine power god has given us everything we need for living a godly life So we see the the cloak has been thrown. The dove has been sent down. When Jesus calls me, Jesus equips me. But we're quick to doubt that, aren't we? We doubt it very quickly. I was thinking doubt, it's like fruit flies. (laughs) I've got like a fruit fly thing going on right now. I don't know. You know, but it's like they just appear all of a sudden so quickly. Fruit flies are there. Doubt comes quick. When God called to Moses from the burning bush in Exodus 3.11, it says that Moses' response to God's call was that Moses protested to God. So here's God in a, in a burning bush appearing to Moses. And Moses' initial reaction, protest. Moses said, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? That was Moses' response to God. How quickly we doubt. How quickly we question him. Who am I, God? I mean, you've got the wrong 
person here. You have obviously dialed the wrong number. I didn't go to school for this. I mean, I I don't know how to to do that. I I took a personality assessment, and it was like a state-certified assessment. This wasn't like a Yahoo assessment. This was like an official personality assessment. And what you call me to do has nothing to do with my personality assessment. There's no logic, we think. And so we want him to redial because we think he's got the wrong number. We doubt. We doubt that he equips. You know, I mentioned a moment ago about the prophet Samuel who found that young boy. You know, that young boy, his name was what? David, right? It was David. And you see, Samuel, he had been sent by God to anoint the next king of Israel. And God told him, well, I want you to go to the family of Jesse and you're going to anoint a king from out of his family. And so uh, Samuel, he went to the, the family of Jesse. And the, the first guy he saw was Jesse's oldest son. And his oldest son's name was uh, Eliab. And so he saw Eliab and he thought, man, this must be the guy. Because Eliab, he was tall and he was handsome. He looked the, he, he fit the king, the king part, you know. He looked like a king. And so Samuel was thinking, well, Eliab must be the one. But what did, what did God say? God cautioned Samuel. He said, Samuel, don't forget, I don't look at what men look at. God told Samuel, you see, Samuel, men, they, they look at the outward appearance. But I'm the Lord, and I look at the heart. God looks at the heart, you see. And so Samuel, one by one, he, he looked at seven of Jesse's sons. They came by, and, and he said, no, that, that's not the one. And the next, no, that's not the one. And the next, no, that's not the one. Went through seven sons. Jesse, these men aren't the one. Do you have another son? And Jesse said, well, I, I do. I, I have a youngest son, David. He's out in the field. Samuel said, we'll bring him in. So Jesse did, and Samuel anointed him as king over Israel. Now that's extraordinary. It's extraordinary that God anointed the youngest. He was the least, the most ill-equipped to do the work. But that's whom God called, and God equipped him. For the giant called, am I a dog that you would come at me with? And David said, I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Equipped, right? God equipped David. And David will equip you. Doesn't matter who you are. It does not matter what you have done. It does not matter where you have been. Jesus Christ is calling you. He's calling you. When Jesus calls me, he finds me, he leaves the 99, he finds me, he equips me, he throws that cloak over my shoulders. And then in 1 Kings 19, 21, we see the response to the call. Okay, what that looks like. So this is verse uh, 21, Elijah has thrown that cloak on Elijah. And so it says, Elisha left him and went back 
He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Listen, when Jesus calls me, he finds me and equips me. And he calls me to let go. He calls me to let go. Says he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment. I reworded that uh, into a phrase of which I'm very proud of, and I would like to share it with you if it's okay. All right. In other words, Elisha, what he did was he burned the plow and cooked the cow. (laughs) Remember that, right? He burned the plow and cooked the cow. And so it is for all who are called by Christ. So it is for all of us who are called to follow Jesus Christ. We've got to let go of the plow. What does that mean to let go of the plow? You know, the scripture says that Elijah, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th uh, pair. So if you can picture that in your head, you've got uh, 24 oxen and 12 plows uh, working in this field. What's that mean? Well, it means it was a big old field is what that tells us. It was a big field. And then likely that means that Elijah, he was part of an enterprise. Right? He was part of a, of a bigger picture. In other words, Elijah, he had a lot invested in this large field. Understand that Elisha, he had big plans. He was part of a big plan. There were big opportunities that were in front of him. But Jesus was calling. Jesus was calling. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously said, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die what's Bonhoeffer saying he's saying you got to burn the plow he's saying you've got to let go burn the plow and cook the cow burn your ambition burn your want burn your pride and let the let the flame and that smoke let it rise up as a fragrant offering acceptable to God Saying you gotta let go. But you know we don't we don't like to let go of our our plow. And even more, you know, we don't like to see it charred. We don't like to see it in flames, because see when I've got when I've got my hands on the plow, I'm in control. I'm in charge. I'm the one who's given the orders. I know the dimensions of the field. I know how long it's going to take to get done. I know how long it's going to finish. I I know when I'm going to be able to get home. I can figure and I can plan exactly as I want. And so I love to hold on to the plow. Because when I'm holding the plow, I'm in control, right? But what's Jesus calling us to do? He's calling us to let go. Right? He's calling us to let go of the plow. I think about Proverbs 14.12 where it says that the, the way that seems right to a man, it ends in death. 
And you know that there are so many individuals who die in the field. So many people will die in the field because they won't let go of the plow. They refuse to let go. In their lives they are spent, literally spent digging and clawing and pushing and driving and sweating and fighting for that which will never satisfy your heart. Never satisfy your heart. Jesus is calling. Can you hear him calling you today? He's calling you to let go. What do you need to burn today? What do you need to burn? What do you need to throw away? What parasite has attached itself to your heart? It's like you've got this little growth, this offshoot here, and you need Jesus to come. You just need to take a knife and just cut Just cut that growth away because something's attached there. What is Jesus calling you to let go? Oh, that we would let go of it. For Elijah, he burned the plow and cooked the cow. So it must be for all those who would come after Christ. For there is death in my way. There's a pit. There's a grave in my way. Ah, but in God's, in God's way, there is life and there is hope and satisfaction to be found for you. So may we walk in his way. Then notice in the second part of verse 21, second part of our call, uh, the response to that call says, then he set out to follow Elijah. So Elisha burned the plow, cooked the cow, right? Then he set out to follow Elijah, and he became his attendant. You know, I love, uh, I love that word attend there. You know, in a lot of other versions, uh, they'll use words like serve. Uh, they'll say that Elisha uh, ministered. Um, that Elisha assisted. You know, but when I think about the attending of another individual, you know, I think of the woman who came to Jesus. And the Bible says that, that her tears wet the feet of Jesus. And she took her, took her hair. And it says that she wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. And she poured perfume, alabaster, on the feet of Jesus Christ. That's attending the Savior. I think about the angels who came to Jesus in the desert after he had been tempted. And so Jesus, he was weary, he was tired, he was broken, and in so many ways he was spent. And yet the angels, they came around him and they attended to that weakened man. We're told Jesus, when he was praying in the garden, an angel also then was sent to him who ministered to him. So you and I understand that we are called to attend. Okay, what's the call look like? The call is to attend. The question on our heart, the question coming from our mouth should be, Master, what dost thou will of me? Father, where would you have me go? God, I'm here. What do you want me to do? I'm waiting. I'm ready. Where will you send me today? To attend is our call. And for Elisha, this is so cool. I'm about to blow you away. Well, God, I mean, you know, this is God's word. 
But this is really cool, okay? Look at this. This this was Elisha's identity. So this the this is a king and he's looking for a prophet of God. Okay, he's like, Where is there a man of God? Second Kings three eleven. Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Okay, why am I so worked up about that? That defined Elijah. His attendance defined who he was. It marked his life. It set him apart. From others. Who am I? I'm the guy who poured water on the other guy. That's who I am. I'm the one who came and and served Jesus Christ. I'm the one who laid down that he might walk tall and be glorified. Elisha was a water boy. I think he was proud of being a water boy. Water boys don't get enough glory these days, do they? Am I a water boy for my Savior? Am I a water boy for others? That's the call that you and I, that we would attend to one another as Christ would so have it. You know, I remember on our uh, wedding day, and we went through our uh, ceremony, and I mean, I was stressed out. Would you believe I had to kiss Nicole, like, at the end of the ceremony, and everybody was staring at me, and I was like, oh, I mean, it just, I was stressed. But after the ceremony and the pictures and and the cake, we went to the Hyatt downtown. And so the first thing that we did when we walked into that hotel room that night was I got down and I washed Nicole's feet. Now, why did I do that? Because I wanted my life, I wanted my intention to be about her, right? I wanted to be about serving her. I wanted to be about loving her. I wanted to be about providing for her. And that's the call here. That's the call that we're being given. Elisha was called to a ministry of attendance. And so it is for you and I. Are you washing feet? Are you pouring water on hands? Are we attending to he who is Christ, understand that Jesus Christ, the one who is calling you today, that he will find you and he will equip you. And we are therefore called to let go and attend. So what's Jesus saying to you today? What's the spirit laying on your heart? Do you have any kind of a sense of where he might be calling you to to go? What he might be calling you to let Go of what is he asking you to burn today? So many, I'll remind you, so many will die blind in the fields. 
refusing to answer God's call, opting for what is safe and for what is predictable, devoid of the faith that God will forgive me for the things that I have done, devoid of the faith that God is capable, that God is able of forgiving me, devoid of the faith that God cares, devoid of the faith That God helps devoid of the faith that he will equip for every good work. Oh, that our hearts would run to him today with the speed of a world-class runner. You know, God is doing something in this church. I remember Pastor Greg, he was so happy. It's always good to see Pastor Greg happy. He said, Shane, look at this. He was holding up this paper and he had the list of uh, 11 family names. He said, Shane, look, these are all the people that have started coming to Living Streams this past year. He said, I haven't seen that since we started. I said, praise God. Or cool. I might not have been quite so holy then, but (laughs) cool or praise God. I meant praise God if I said cool. But God is doing something in this church and he wants to do something in you. May we not be like the man who bought a boat but instead of sailing with the wind instead of skating across the blue seas as a boat was intended to do this man he anchored his boat in a harbor and he refused to move. He refused to go. Year after year went by and this man, he sat in his boat. And that boat, it it accumulated with life. That boat got filled up until the weight of that life, the sedimentary nature of that life, it began to sink that man's ship. And people from the shore, they could see that that ship was sinking. And so they called out to the man, hey, the boat is going down. But the man would not move. The man would not let go. The man would not burn the ship. And so it sunk to the depths with he along with it. Jesus is calling you today. We must let go, burn the plow, set fire to the ship, whatever is necessary, that we might walk in attendance pouring water On the loving Savior. He's longing that you would answer that call today. And know that he who will pick up the phone when Jesus calls. If you'll pick up that phone, you will never be the same again. Why don't you bow your head with me. I just want to encourage you to, to still your heart. If it can be stilled. Is the spirit tugging on you today? Do you sense a call today? Are you being drawn? I want you to know that I believe with all my heart that that's the spirit of God calling to all those who are his. It's the Spirit of God finding you today. He's calling you and He's finding you today. 
And he's saying, I want you to come and I want you to follow me. Will you follow Jesus today? First to follow, we must let go. For me to follow, I must leave behind. Sweet Jesus, we would just pray that your brilliance, your supremacy, your sufficiency, that it would be made known in this place. And that your call today, that it would be irresistible. That there would not be a single person here who could say, no, I won't let go. That there would not be a single one who would say, no, not today. But that we would let go together and we would burn that which is not of you and chase after that which is of you. Jesus, I'm just reminded that you call us not to something uh, worthless or fragile or paltry, but you call us to the great work of the Creator King. You call us to something of great worth, something of great value. And so, Father, we place ourselves at your feet asking, God, would you take me? God, would you use me? God, would you give me hands to pour water with today? No more holding. We're holding back. But from now on, letting go. And Father, I just want to pray for each heart that's here and in whatever way that you might be speaking to them today uh, through your word, uh, with your spirit, accompanied by your spirit. And Father, I just pray that you would lead them to the truth that is fully found in you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.